is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Hello, and thanks for joining us again. Today on episode 34, we're going to be talking about dropless glaucoma medications. This is a novel method of glaucoma drug delivery, and it's a very important topic because not everyone can use eye drops. We have a special guest for you today, and that is Dr. Jella Ahn. She's one of our colleagues at Johns Hopkins. Dr. Ahn, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Dr. Kaleem. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast today. I'm a glaucoma specialist and an associate professor of ophthalmology at Wilmer Eye Institute in Johns Hopkins. And I do want to add to that the chief of the practice out in our Bethesda location for anyone who's thinking about making an appointment. And so I wanted to ask you, Dr. On, what are some of your research interests? So my interest in research is really in minimally invasive glaucoma surgery and treatments, and that includes an extend-release drug delivery system. And how did you actually get interested in this topic? So I got interested in this topic for the same reason that got me interested in the field of ophthalmology to begin with. So while many medical students go into medicine so that they can save people's lives, I went into medicine because I wanted to improve patient quality of life, which is what drew me to the subspecialty of ophthalmology specifically. As you know, most glaucoma patients require lifelong control of their eye pressure. And this often requires consistent daily use of eye drops, sometimes multiple of them, several times a day. And this can be incredibly challenging for many patients, especially our elderly patients. In recent years, several minimally invasive glaucoma procedures and treatment options have become available as an alternative to these daily glaucoma medications. And because most of these procedures are very safe, They allow earlier intervention as an option to replace daily medication use, addressing the issues of medication adherence, and thereby improving the quality of life and oftentimes quality of vision for many glaucoma patients. This is, again, a very important topic because some of our older glaucoma surgeries are not applicable to every patient. The downtime is longer, healing time is longer, etc. And you know, frankly, again, not everyone can use eye drops. There's lots of barriers to the use of eye drops, which we'll discuss in a moment. Actually, what are some of those, Dr. On? Like, what are some of the things that you have found to be true? Because I have read statistics that indicate that only around 50% of patients are actually compliant or adherent to their medical therapy. What are some of the challenges that you see amongst your patients in terms of their ability to use medications? Yeah, no, you got it right. You know, many of the studies have well documented that only about a half of patients prescribed a glaucoma medication use it as directed. Many of these studies also utilize either a self-report or refill rate at the pharmacy, so it's probably underreported too. Actually, back in the day in 2014, we did a study that compared a a self-reporting questionnaire on how patients perceive they are using their eye drops versus objective observation of how they're actually administering their drops. And we did so by videotaping each patient. And these were my own cataract patients on the day one post-op. And I was appalled by what I saw on the videotape. You know, in fact, over 90% of the patients showed an improper drop administration technique, including missing the eye, contaminating the bottle tip. That was really common. 
instilling either too many or too little drops at a time. Oftentimes they're missing the eye. And most of them not washing their hands before using their eye drops, even though on their survey they said they always, always wash their hands before instilling the drops. Those people with a particular difficulty were found to be those with you know, hands arthritis, poor dexterity or tremor, or even impaired vision, as you can imagine. Many patients need to rely on their family members to help, and that can be also challenging too when the required dosage is more than once a day. So Dr. An, if you had to use eye drops every day, do you think, what do you think your compliance would be? Oh my God, it's going to be so terrible. So I have dry eye syndrome that requires use of, you know, artificial tears more often than not. But I always forget to use it. Like I only time that I remember to do it is at the bedtime, you know, because that's it's sitting on my bedside table. But, you know, those are, you know, other than those uh, hand arthritis and dexterity issues, you know, forgetfulness, busy schedule, traveling. Those are very common problem with the not being able to adhere to drops, running out of the drops, you know, or not being able to refill it on time. That became a major issue, especially during the time of the pandemic, because you have to actually go to the pharmacy. Sometimes the insurance refused to renew the medication if you run out too fast. And that happens when you're constantly missing the eye. Affordability is often an issue with a newer medication that is often more effective than older ones, but, you know, they're much more expensive. And most seriously of all, medication side effects, you know, that includes allergic reaction, either local or systemic, irritations, burning, redness of the eyes, and some systemic side effects with certain medications, such as beta blockers, and they can be pretty serious. What are some of the bad side effects you've seen? to glaucoma eye drops? Well, allergic reaction, well, even if it's not a the true allergic reaction, you know, redness and irritation is a very, very common side effect. And that's because like most topical medication often require a harsh surfactant or preservative, or even sometimes a low pH to get into the eye. Because when you're using medication topically, there's a limited bioavailability of the active ingredients. You know, these ingredients has to somehow get into the eye to get past the sturdy cornea. So they often use these harsh ingredients as a necessity to get the, you know, drop delivered into the target tissue. And then, you know, these in turn can irritate the ocular surface with the long-term use. Yeah, we actually had an episode earlier this season where we talked with Dr. Anissa Geary about dry eye and how there's a higher incidence of dry eye with individuals who use glaucoma medication. And although there are preservative-free glaucoma medications, those can actually be kind of pricey and not always available. So it's great that there are now drop-free glaucoma medication alternatives. And I know that you have done some work in this. What are some of the things you can tell us about the drop-free glaucoma medication alternatives? And I'm, I'm talking more about actual use of medications as opposed to surgery. Right. So what drop-free ocular medication, the idea of it is not new. So in fact, most places now offer a drop-free cataract surgery by injecting depot of a post-op medication at the time of the surgery so that you don't have to rely on having to use the drops after the surgery. Challenges with developing a drop-free glaucoma medication specifically are the fact that they are often required to be used for a lifetime, not just for a few weeks. 
And most sustained release vehicle that we use has a limited lifetime. Another challenge is that, that you know any extend release medication that lasts for a long time needs to be safely removable if a patient develops any unknown, unexpected side effect. So there are several options that meet those criteria. Those are contact lens impregnated with the medications, periocular ring and the conjunctival cul-de-sac, or tear duct plugs. You know those are easily placeable and replaceable. Unfortunately. You know, as you can imagine, these options don't bypass the ocular surface. So if your reason not to use the drop is because of the ocular surface issues or allergic reaction, they are not very good options. Instead, these are often used for, you know, treatment of ocular surface issues, such as dry eyes or allergic conjunctivitis, or sometimes, uh, you know, to treat the non-infectious inflammation of the eye. For those people who are having difficulty using drops because of the ocular surface side effects, you really need to go for implantable or injectable option. And currently, there's a one FDA-approved extend-release glaucoma medication implant that is injectable, and that's, you know, brand name Durista and made by Allergan. And so Durista, so that's an injectable medication. What is that medication? Is it something that's pre-existing or like a brand new class of medications? So Duresta is an injectable bimatoprost, which is one of the standards of care glaucoma medication that's been used for over 20 years. It's a family of prostaglandin analog, the bimatoprost, and it's in a drop form. The brand name Lumigen is one of the most effective and well-tolerated glaucoma medication that's not known to cause any systemic side effects. So it was a very good candidate to make it into an injectable form. Unfortunately, it can frequently cause a redness, irritation, and all those ocular side effects. And another thing is that, you know, obviously people have difficulty using it daily for all the reasons that we talked about. So Duresta addresses all of these issues. Yeah, I do have some patients who take the topical version. So the Bimatoprost or the brand name is Lumigan, and it can be harder to afford that medication. There can be issues with like prior authorization and running out of the medication before the end of the month because the bottle is designed so that patients basically get enough medication for 28 days. But as we know, not every month is 28 days. So exactly where is it injected? And can you tell us a little bit more about how long it works and how it works? Yeah, sure. So Duresta utilizes the microcapsule that slowly releases the bimatoprost molecule inside of the eye, and it is injected into the anterior chamber, which is the front part of the eye. Uh, In fact, the same microcapsule is used for the steroid medication in the posterior chamber for a patient who actually have a, you know, inflammatory disease. So it's called the Ozerdex. It's made by the same company. So the benefit of putting it in the anterior chamber is that it delivers the molecule directly into the target tissue, which is where the ciliary bodies and the trabecular meshwork is. You know, those are usually where the disease pathology is. Curiously enough, the effect of the intraocular pressure lowering, the eye pressure lowering, often lasts longer than the medication does, the life of medication. So medication is only supposed to last three to four months once injected. But we often see a patient have a sustained intraocular pressure lowering for more than six months, sometimes up to two years. The exact mechanism of this 
really remains to be proven, but it may be because of, you know, when you inject this medication in a higher dose directly into the eye where there's a site of the target tissue, it potentially has a disease-modifying capability, uh, but that is uh, to be, you know, further proven. And, you know, having an injection to the eye does sound a little bit intimidating. Does this hurt? Right. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to hear about the needle, especially near the eye. And I wouldn't want an injection in the eye or anywhere in my body. But thankfully, this injection is done through a very, very small needle. And most people, you know, report absolutely no pain with the topical anesthesia alone. So just basically a use of a numbing drop before the injection. Injection is painless, very fast, and can easily be done in the office, just like most other eye injections that we do. You know, for example, we do that for a lot of patients with macular degeneration. So if a patient has an injection, can they go home the same day? Or how long does this procedure actually take in the office? That's right. So, you know, injection really takes about five to 10 minutes, you know, with the prepping and, you know, checking to make sure that medication is uh, properly in. And then, yes, they can go home. They can, in fact, drive themselves home because it won't change any vision. The only thing that they need to be mindful of is that we ask them not to lie down flat for at least a couple hours to make sure that the injected medication sits in the angle properly rather than going backside of the eye. It needs to stay in the front part of the eye. And do patients have to take antibiotics or do anything special after the injection? And when would you see them back in the office? Well, not necessarily. A lot of our practice give antibiotics just to be on a safe side, but this is not required. You know, in fact, we do a lot of uh, injections and anterior chamber tapping for other reasons, and those patients are usually not given uh, antibiotics because of a very, very low risk of infection. Oftentimes, you know, assuming the medication lasts only for three to four months, if it's basically minimum. I would normally see them at about two months just to make sure that medication is working and pressure is lower properly. And then I will see them in four to six months after that. It's very important that patients do follow up regularly because it's not something that lasts forever. And as you brought up earlier, I just want to remind the audience that injections to the eye, again, we numb the eye very well. We make sure you're very comfortable, and we've been giving injections to the eyes for some time now. Many of our colleagues on the retina service or uveitis service actually give injections to the eye for various retinal conditions, diabetic eye conditions, a condition called uveitis or inflammatory disease of the eye. So doing injections for this, for glaucoma, is not anything that's like totally brand new because we've been doing injections for the eyes for some time. But it's exciting that there is now this option for glaucoma patients to have a medication that's like a sustained release where they can eliminate or reduce their burden on medications. And Jella, have you found that there have been some patients who didn't need to have surgery or, you know, didn't have to use topical eye drops as a result of this procedure? Yes, so that's a very good question. And thank you for clarifying the fact that, you know, eye injection is really not new. But, you know, as I explained, this medication is only supposed to last for about four months, but oftentimes, you know, more than six months. But still, eventually that effect, you know, will wear off. So I've seen a lot of patients who enjoy the drop-free period for several months to several years, 
but you know, oftentimes it is not given to avoid the surgery. The patient population who would really benefit from these injectable medication is those who have a temporary pressure increase due to some other medication that makes it worse. So for example, patients with the active uveitis, they often need to be treated with a steroid for several weeks to months. If you have glaucoma, there's a very high chance that your pressure will spike with any kind of steroid use. So rather than doing a surgery for something that's so temporary, you know, injecting this medication at the same time as treating with the steroid, you know, that will give you a very good bridge solution until your inflammatory condition resolves and you can avoid the surgery that way. What are some risks of this procedure and who would you not recommend it for? So there is a very small risk, but it's a real risk, is that, you know, since you're, you know, putting injection in the eye, there is always a risk of infection. For that same reason, patients with any active or suspected eye infection, such as conjunctivitis or cornea ulcer, you know, we don't do the injection in those patients. Another thing is that you are injecting high dose of prostaglandin analogs, which is, you know, mildly inflammatory. So those patients with the already active inflammation or patients with the weak corneal cells or corneal membrane, it's a type of dystrophy called the Fuchs dystrophy, or patients who had a corneal transplantation for that reason are also excluded from this medication. Of course, if you have a real allergic reaction, not just irritation or redness, but real hypersensitivity allergic reaction to the bimatoprost drop, then you know, those patients should not get this injection. And who do you think is a good candidate for the injection? So other than those uh, uveitis patients who require a steroid, other patients who can benefit from it is those who anticipate a period of difficulty usage of the daily drops, such as, you know, you're going for traveling to places where you don't want to either worry about or have a difficult access to medication. Those who are planning a major surgery, you know, usually eye drop becomes the last thing that you want to worry about. Any type of life events or those who are planning or requiring a glaucoma surgery in the next few months, but can't do it right away. So you can also use this injectable medication as a bridge therapy. Now, I know that you're doing some really interesting work in this area. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so at Wilmer Bethesda Clinic, we have two clinical trials running at this time. One is just a phase four clinical trials evaluating how long the Duresta that's available in the market really lasts in clinical real-world situation because the phase three trial that they used to get this medication approved by FDA was only required to run for a year. So that's really the only data that they have. You know, there were occasional patients who came back for two-year follow-up, and that's where they found that the medication lasts in some patients for up to two years. But, you know, these patients need to be followed longer, and we participate in that real-world study. The other one, possibly even more exciting, is a phase one and two trials. This is an injectable medication that's not bimatoprost, but it's a cousin of bimatoprost that is known to be even gentler to the surrounding ocular tissue. So, you know, this makes it, makes a repeat dosage 
even more safe and doable. If there are patients who want to enroll in these studies, how can they do so? So they can either contact our office. If they have not, they should really see a glaucoma specialist and to make sure that they don't have any contraindication and they meet all their study criteria. And then they can either contact myself or you or our study coordinator, Ala, uh, who is stationed in Bethesda office. Jella, I think that the work that you're doing is very fascinating. We're so glad that you're at Wilmer. I know that there are people who want to support your work. And how can they get in touch with you or your development officer? So we have a development office that is a station at Wilmer, Baltimore, but we are hiring our Bethesda officer here. I think the best way to reach us is really just contact us directly, our Bethesda office, and then we can connect you to the correct person. Just wanted to conclude that, you know, the glaucoma is really known as a silent thief of vision. So oftentimes you have no symptoms until it's too late. So once you have symptoms, you know, it's too late. So don't wait for the symptoms. The onset prevention is really worth a pound of cure here. So please get your eye screen if you haven't already for glaucoma. And if you have known glaucoma, keep up with the regular monitoring with your eye care specialist, you know, for early detection and treatment and monitoring of the disease. It's a very important to do so, so that you can maintain your precious eyesight and the best quality of vision and quality of life for a lifetime. Very good advice. And for anyone who wants to try to get in touch with Dr. Ahn, please email us at diagnosisglaucoma at gmail.com and we can get you put in touch with her. Or if you wanted to come to visit us in the office, make an appointment with her. The phone number for the office is 240-480-1100. Again, thank you so much, Jala, for joining us. And it's been a pleasure. People are really going to benefit from the information you're sharing with this episode. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kaleem. And thank you, everyone, for your attention. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops. (laughs) 